Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Home Record Podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion, and I'm joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Holla! Wow. <laughs> Trying to space it up a little bit. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Awesome. So we how keep re- each other on our toes. Yeah, I guess. How are you doing this week? I think I'm doing pretty darn well, thank you. That's great. And yourself? I'm fantastic as always. That's right, you are. All right. <laughs> so anything new with you this week? <laughs> you th- you've thrown me all off here, just just so you're aware, with this holla. It's completely thrown me off my game. Kind of like how you threw me off the other week asking me how much I bench. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I guess I did. All right. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Fair is fair. Yeah, yeah. Fair is fair. That's true. Okay, so uh, tell me about uh, your week. My week was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm still working out. I had to change my routine a little bit. I'm dealing with a lot of shoulder pain that's been going on for a couple years. Finally decided to make another doctor appointment because I'll share with our listeners how awesome my previous doctor was. You really want to bore everybody with that story? Well... We're gonna we're gonna get into doctors and healthcare here because that's gonna get me all fired up and that's is that what is that what you're looking for? Then let's do it. Yes, Go. I'm looking to fire you up. Okay, then. Yeah. No, all I've right. been Start having up. horrible shoulder pain and I couldn't lift my arm and I'd get like electricity going down my arm. So obviously something's not right. And I told this new doctor I had a year and a half ago that I wanted diagnostics because I'm not going to take drugs and I don't want to waste my time doing physical therapy. Let's figure out what's wrong. I had the money. Let's seems, do it. Seems like common sense. Sure. And she said, and I quote, well, I'm not going to order an MRI because it's just going to tell me you have tendinitis. Oh, so she's like a psychic visionary yeah, doctor. I didn't I realize. Gotcha. I did not see her crystal ball in the office in that exam room. So I... Me being me was like, okay, never mind. I'll just suffer. So I've been suffering and not working out. The pain went away, but starting to work out again, it came back with a vengeance. So now I'm trying to tweak my workouts so it doesn't hurt so much. And how's that going? I think it's going well. I mean, I still have pain no matter what, but I try to work around it. That's all anybody can do, right? Yeah, Work my, around it. My favorite motto, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, that's definitely you, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was benching. I tried to put on extra weight, How much I see how much I could go up, and it, it was pretty bad. I was afraid to drop the weights on me, so I took the extra weight off. So I'm trying to be smart about it, not trying to be a tough guy. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Tremendous. I have to say, you have really inspired me in terms of health. Me? Why? So you decided to do a challenge, if you will, that included eating very clean, healthy food without any treats, snacks, cheats, just 75 days of super healthy eating. And you've had great results. And I've watched you and I've thought to myself, there's no way I can do that. I cannot do that. And then I realized... I could if I wanted to. I just didn't want to. But you have inspired me to the point where I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to go without any treats, goodies, snacks, sugar, anything that I love pretty much because I love food and sugar. And I'm going to give myself a smaller window though. 
I'm going to try a few weeks and see how I, if, how I do and then move on from there depending on how I feel. But I figure give myself a more realistic window or a goal and I think I can do it. Well, since you're, you're putting this out there into the universe. Now I have to do it. Now you have to do it. So you have to tell everybody. You have to tell me and everybody else that's listening. What's your window? I was thinking maybe two weeks to start. Two weeks. Wow. That's, 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 hey, that's, that's a lot. Baby steps. One day at a time. No, that's fine. That's and then maybe I'll go to three. Okay. But I'm trying to be realistic because so I don't want to you're, fail. You're not going to fail. You'll well, be fine. You know why I'm not going to fail? Why is that? Because of my positive thought of the week. Oh, my favorite segment. Yay. This is great. So, okay. What's your positive thought of the week? Believe in yourself. Anytime we've said it before, anytime you have that negativity in your mind, that holds you back. If you say that you can't do something, you're not going to be able to do it. If you believe in yourself and you keep telling yourself you can do it, you can. So for me, I just have to keep saying when I want to dig in that hidden bag of mini eggs, I can do this. I don't have to eat those mini eggs. I can eat that broccoli and I will do it. Yeah. Okay. Because I believe in myself. Uh Hey, I believe in you too. And listeners, I believe in you. So if you have a goal that you're trying to set, believe in yourself and I'll believe in you too. All right. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, it is. It's true. It's good to have a support system. If if you need one, then get one. Put one in place somehow. You know what you could do too? What? Instead of hiding the mini eggs. I could eat them all today. You could just throw them away. Or I could hide them. But and then you won't know where they are. I might and, and have on, you hide them because <laughs> I'm not having you throw away my mini eggs. I'm way too and, cheap. Yeah, well, honestly, my hiding would be in the trash can. That's no, where they go. No, go, you won't so. throw them away. <laughs> I, I, could, I usually, before I go for like a long period of time, I try to eat all the junk food in the house first. So that way it's gone. So you can can pack on a bunch of extra pounds that you're trying to lose? Well, usually I make myself to the point of feeling so sick I don't want to eat anything else. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. That's that's an interesting tactic. Yeah, works for me. Yeah, I I guess. Sure. All right. Well, that's that's good. All right. So you've put it out there. So you're giving yourself... Two weeks. Two weeks. I'd like to go three or four. Two weeks and what are the parameters? So two weeks of just no sweets, no... uh, No sweets, like healthy eating. Okay, well, what's... I'm going to continue my workouts. Well, what's healthy eating though? Because healthy eating... Like your diet. My diet. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to eat like me for two weeks. Yes. (laughs) All right. This should be interesting. (laughs) This this should be really interesting. You can do it. You can do it. (laughs) You can do it. Absolutely. I'm going to do it. You're, you're going to do it. Okay. Anyone who wants to send me support through Twitter, you can at me <laughs> at Pod. Let me know that you, you believe in me. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you've set a goal. And yes. now we're obviously going to check in with you every week for the next two weeks. <laughs> Basically, make sure that the, the next week's po- episode is going to be me being super grumpy because I'll be hangry and Alex laughing at me or being miserable. 
<laughs> yeah, great. Wait, way to set yourself up like that. Wait, way to go. I'm kidding. Miss Miss Positivity. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be so negative kidding. next week and cranky. I'm kidding around. All right, as long as you're just kidding. Yes. Okay. Anyhow, are you ready to get into this week's episode? I am so ready. Yes. Let's do it. All right, let's rock and roll. All right, so this week we're gonna be talking about Skinwalker Ranch. I know you've been waiting to talk about this one for a while. And, I have. And, yeah, and I have too. This is a fascinating tale. It's something I learned about back in, I want to say about 2009, 2010. I heard about it on Coast to Coast AM. I would only listen to it occasionally on weekends when George Knapp was was hosting. And George Knapp, is, he's a Las Vegas journalist. He was talking, he had on the program one time, his guest was Colm Kelleher, who was a PhD, and he used to work for NIDS, which was the National Institute for Discovery Science. So they were talking about Skinwalker Ranch, which is a ranch that's it's located just south of Fort Duchesne in Utah. It's right near a small town called Ballard, Utah. And they were talking about a bunch of paranormal, excuse me, paranormal occurrences that occurred at the ranch. UFO activity, poltergeist activity, just a bunch of weird shit that happened at this ranch. So I'm like, what the fuck? I've never heard of this before. Like, what is this? And then, you know, as they're going into the show a little bit more, they talk about how they co-wrote a book together called Hunt for the Skinwalker. And I'm like, there's a fucking book that details all this shit? Okay. So, of course, I go on Amazon. I order the book. I tell you about it. And you and I both started reading the book simultaneously. Like, I would read a couple chapters and then let you read a couple chapters. We had two different bookmarks yeah. in the book, so that way we could hold our place. And again, I don't like to read books. I didn't mention it on the previous podcast where we listed favorite books because I knew we were going to talk about this topic. But oh, this is such a great book. If yeah. you don't have it, you have to get it. Yeah, you definitely do. It's, it's, a, it's a really great book. Uh, we'll we'll put a link up in our show notes for you, but you mentioned the two bookmarks. There actually, here's the book. I'm, I'm holding the book, and the two bookmarks are still in it. We got we've got a yellow piece of paper fashioned <laughs> as a bookmark, and we have a, a another bookmark with a ribbon. An actual off the top of it. bookmark. An actual bookmark with a, a red string coming off the top from uh, looks like Easter Seals annual meeting in 2003. So nice. this yeah, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but. Huh? So we get the book, we read the book, and we read all the crazy fucking stories. Well, what I want to say, too, is when you first told me about yeah. the Skinwalker Ranch, it immediately intrigued me, and I wanted to know more. You played those Coast to Coast episodes for me to listen to, yeah. and I was like, yes, we, we need to read this book. And so we did, and it was just such a good page turner because not only was it fascinating with what was going on, but this actually happened. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, I mean again, we, we don't we weren't there, so we can't say that we witnessed it or happened. anything. But yeah, this 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 was documented in a book. And well, do you wanna just kinda you wanna how, how do you wanna do this? Do you wanna give a little bit of brief history of this place, of, of the, the ranch and the area? Do you wanna just get into a story and then we can talk about how how do you wanna go about this? Let's give a very brief description of what it is we're talking about. As far as what you mean? Like, the ranch, uh, how, how the story came about. Well, the story itself, are you talking about the Gorman family, the family that the, yes. the, the book is about? Okay. Well, okay, the book 
is essentially it's half the book is the paranormal paranormal I can't say that word today is the paranormal experiences of the Gorman family G O R M A N now that is a it's an alias it has since come out that the the family that lived there were the Shermans it was the Sherman family it was uh, Terry and Gwen Sherman was the name of the actual married couple and they lived there with their children there's not really a lot of information about their children other than one of them was a teenage boy, and I believe one of them was a girl, but I'm not sure if they had more than a one boy and one girl. I feel like the story only talked about those two children. Yeah, but it's unclear. I, I want to say that I've seen somewhere else that there may have been more children, but those are the only two that are really mentioned in the book. And I know, again, they were in the book, they're under an assumed name, so obviously they're trying to protect the... The identity, but uh, again, since the book came out, their identity has been revealed. So the book, half of the book is the supernatural occurrences and things that were happening to this family, the Sherman family. We'll just call them what they are, the Shermans. And the other half is the experiences of Colm Kelleher, one of the co-authors, and the NIDS team. Because what happened was in uh, 1994, the Shermans bought this ranch. Uh, Terry Sherman was a cattle farmer. They moved in. They started having all these experiences, which are detailed in the book. And then in uh, early 1996, he went to the local newspaper. Uh, I want to say it's the, uh, the, the Deseret News in Utah. He went to the newspaper because he thought that the government was messing with his, with his ranch and messing with his family, doing experiments. He, he attributed everything that was going on there to the government. And he figured if I go to the press and I tell them what's going on here, whoever in the government, whatever's going on there, they'll back off because I'm bringing attention to it. So this, this is where his motivation for all this stuff came from. So he goes to the paper and he reports his stories. George Knapp in, in Vegas reads it, picks up on it, and then he starts writing about it and reporting on it in the Las Vegas Mercury newspaper, which is a newspaper that came out weekly in Vegas. And that paper covered a lot of fringe kind of topics, stuff that you don't really read about in the mainstream. That, in turn, that's when it kind of exploded. It kind of took off in the paranormal UFO community. It, 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 the story got out there. And then, of course, they wrote the book, and they started promoting the book, and you hear about it on Coast to Coast Dam, which is nationwide. So that's how the story took off. All the activity continues, and Robert Bigelow, who is a local area businessman, he's like a multimillionaire, he reads the story, and he had just started NIDS, which was, the, uh, which was the National Institute for Discovery Science. He starts this NIDS. He gets together all these scientists. NIDS was essentially created in order to investigate paranormal things, UFOs, and that kind of thing. But he got, like, PhDs. He got scientists, like, real scientists, not... Not like a scientist like you'd see from Ghostbusters, the movie, where, where they have PhDs, but they're just these fringe, crazy guys. No, he got like real scientists that were skeptical of the paranormal, skeptical of UFOs and that kind of thing, because he wanted everything approached from a rational, logical perspective, and, and a, a rational, logical, scientific perspective. So he has this, this organization that he spent millions of dollars to create. He sees this story, and he goes to the rancher, and he offers to buy the property from him. He buys it for two hundred thousand dollars, which is a fucking drop in the bucket if you think about it. Because this many is, acres it's is a four hundred and eighty acre ranch. Two hundred thousand dollars. That's that's what he paid for it. 
that, I mean, that right there just goes to show you this fucking rancher wanted off. He wanted to be done with it because of all the shit that he was going through. At that point, Nids moves in. Colm Kelleher, like I said, was uh, one of the scientists in charge. And the, the second half of this book is about all of their experiences they had. This week, we're going to strictly talk about the book, which takes place when the, the Gorman fa- Sherman family excuse me, moved in and all of their experiences until Nids moves in. And there's more of the story that happens after the book is done. But we're going to get into that one in another episode, probably next week. Do you, do you have anything you want to add? Because I've been, I've been talking for the last few minutes. Oh, I'm just listening to you. So All right. I'm, I'm ready to, to just jump in about the stories. All right. So you want to hear a story? Well, yeah. L- let's kind of start off. So this family, of, as you said, of ca- this cattle rancher family, yeah. they buy the land and they start having these strange experiences. Now, the first experience, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was they had an encounter with this giant wolf type thing the wolf yeah yes Yes. this was actually one of their first days there this is when they first get there so right away stuff starts happening no no period to settle in no nothing like they were they were there uh i want to say an interview that i that i saw with the rancher they they moved in and he essentially he got his his family moved into the house and they got the cattle there within a week now, they're herding the cattle. They're getting them into the corrals or getting them off the truck or whatever cattle ranchers do. And the son yells out, what is that? So they're looking across the, the field or whatever. I mean, it's a ranch. I presume everything's all flat. And they see this animal kind of coming in their direction. They, they start wondering aloud to each other. It's, it's the rancher, his son, his wife, and uh, the uh, uh, Sherman's father, so the grandfather of, of the kids. And they start wondering, what is that? And it's, it's walking closer to them. And it, it's, they, they realize this is getting closer because they, they spotted it, I, I want to say it was like three or 400 yards out. So it was far out. And they could see this thing, and it was big. And that, obviously, as it's coming closer, it's getting bigger and bigger. And they're wondering, what is that thing? And so the, one of them says, is that a wolf? Because it's just, it resembles a wolf as it's getting closer and closer. They smell like a wet fur smell as it's getting really close. And they're, they're getting kind of nervous now because this thing's fucking huge and it's getting closer and closer to them. It, it gets really close, but it's not, typically an animal like that is going to be skittish of humans. It's not going to come right up to a human. But this one did. This one did. This one came right up to them. And the father, the grandfather, excuse me, reaches out and pets it. That's something I would totally do. He reached out and he pet it, and the animal let him pet it, and it was it was enormous. The way it was described, uh, the the grandfather was about six foot two, and the animal's head came up to his chest while it was standing on all four legs. So that's fucking huge. That's big. It's got to be a couple hundred pound animal. It's enormous, and so they're looking at it, and it, it resembles a wolf or a dog, but it's huge. So they're just in awe of this thing, and the fact that it's being friendly to them. It's not being skittish. It's acting almost like it's domesticated. And that's kind of what they're thinking. Like, oh, is this somebody's pet? Because it's just acting friendly. There's no collar on it or anything like that. And aside from just its smell, it just seems like a domesticated, friendly animal. I worked in veterinary medicine and we actually had wolf hybrids come into our animal hospital where I worked. Okay. So I've seen wolf hybrids and they're huge, but... 
you take a dog like an Irish wolfhound, like some of those other larger breed dogs, yeah. they're about that size. They're not something where I'd say, oh my God, this is unnaturally large. And again, now it's a hybrid with a dog, but it's domesticated. Yeah. So as I read this story, I tried to picture in my head what I have physically seen before and thinking like it could be a wild wolf that's very large but if it was wild i don't know would it be coming up and letting people pet it that's the weird thing and again people have been known to breed wild wolves breed them and then domesticate the the puppies things like that Mm -hmm. could that be a possibility but as we read further it got more interesting yeah so so this is where we're at right now they're thinking this is probably a domesticated animal it's somebody's pet but they're just still in awe of how big it is and just how gentle it's being. They, they're again, they're still the cattle are still kind of coming off the trailer, going into the corral, and one of the calves spots the the animal, spots the wolf. We'll call it a wolf. Starts kind of coming over towards the wolf, and the wolf notices it. He's still getting pet, but he notices the animal. You know, he kind of sees it, turns his head towards it. The family now is their their guard is let down because they're like, okay, this this thing's all right. At this point, the wolf has gotten their guard down, and everything, and he lunges for the fucking calf and just bites it right on the neck. He starts going to town on this fucking poor calf. So the calf's done at this. Point. I mean, it's it's dead. It's, this, it's not going to live. This part of the book made me sad. Of yes, of course it did. So the the rancher flips out. He scream he. He reached for like a broomstick, or I'm sorry, it was an axe handle. He reached for an axe handle, started beating on the on the wolf to try to get it to let go of his of his calf. Wolf's not letting go; it's not budging. It's, it's almost like he doesn't feel it, or she, or whatever. It doesn't feel the the rancher beating on it with an axe handle. Doesn't feel it. Not letting go at all. I'd be jumping on its back, trying to do like a rare naked choke or something <laughs> yeah. on it. <laughs> right. He yells to his son to get my magnum. So the son runs and gets the, it must have been in the truck or something, he gets his gun, brings it to his father. The father fires a shot into the wolf. Point blank range. You know, he's within a foot or two of it. Nothing. Wolf's still gnawing away at the, at the head and the neck of this calf. Fires another shot. Nothing. Fires two more shots. This time he gets into the into the wolf's abdomen. He he gets it in the stomach, right? Nothing. Nothing. They said they didn't even see any blood coming out of the wounds. The wolf didn't yelp, it didn't pause, nothing. Didn't bleed, nothing. This is hardcore. a fucking 357 Magnum now. We're at what, four shots? Yeah. Finally, the wolf releases the calf after another shot. The calf pretty much it, it, it's still alive, but it's it's done. I mean, you know, after after getting gnawed at its throat like that, it's 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 mm-hmm. done. the The wolf is looking at the rancher, and he's maybe five ten feet away from him. But according to the according to the Sherman, Mister Sherman, he, he's not seeing any kind of discomfort or pain or any sign of distress on the wolf's face still looking at him like normal like nothing nothing happened getting blood dripping out of its mouth from biting on the poor calf but no he's fine it's not like he just got his ass beat with an axe handle or shot with a 357 magnum no he's fine he's just another another day no big deal right 
the, the, they're all sta- the family standing there looking at this thing like, what the fuck? They're all in disbelief. The, the way it's described in the book, the, the wolf's kind of gazing at, at the rancher unconcern- unconcernedly. He's just looking at him like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> what? What? You got beef? <laughs> you know? He's just... Like, well, literally, he does. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and so the rancher raises the gun again, and he aims carefully, and he shoots the animal right near the heart. Animal kind of starts to back off now. Backs away maybe about 30 feet, they're guessing. Wolf's like, what, you don't want to play? Yeah, right? Jeez. Oh. And, 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 it, and it's backing away. So it's still facing the family and still showing no signs of distress. The family at this point, now they're all getting together. They're, getting, they're, they're really hovering together. They're, they're not, there's not one at the truck, one at the fence, one by the cow. No, they're all like hovering close together now. They're getting behind their dad who's got the gun because they're all seeing, holy shit, we're fucked. Like we, you know, it's kind of like that natural human instinct. You all kind of start to creep together. You want to get behind the person with the weapon. Yeah, Yeah, right. Because obviously there's something not right happening right now. This guy, of course, he's, he's an experienced marksman. He's a hunter. He's a rancher. He's shot animals before with a gun. He knows the kind of damage it can cause. Hell, I mean, anybody listening right now that's ever watched a Dirty Harry movie knows what a 357 Magnum can do. It's a big ass gun. It's a big know. fucking gun. Hell yeah. And it's a powerful gun. And it didn't do shit to this fucking wolf. Nothing. Didn't phase it at all. Nothing. Point blank range, nothing. No signs of blood on it, nothing. The rancher tells his son, get the 30 6 Now, he never takes his eyes off this thing. Son runs to get the 30 6 Comes back. And now... The rancher, I mean, this is a 30 odd six. This is this will take down an elk at 200 yards. It's this is what this gun is meant for. It's it's a big gun. It's gonna bring down a big creature. That's what it's designed for. It's a boomstick. Yeah, yeah. Say hello to my boomstick. Absolutely. Takes a shot at the wolf. He's about still maybe 30, 40 feet away from him. The family says that they heard the bullet hit the animal and, and that it was almost like it was hitting bone. The wolf recoils a little bit, but still looking at the rancher, completely calm, as if, oh, what was that? Like, almost like, you know, oh, was that a bug bite? What, what, what was that? You know, just looking at him like nothing happened. The grandfather starts cussing and swearing because he's just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck's going on? Wolf should be dead. It should be just sitting there dead. But no, instead it's just took a shot and still looking at the family like, what the fuck? What's going on? How you guys doing? You guys, you guys from around here? What's up? So the rancher raises the gun, and he takes another shot, aiming for the for the chest. Nails it! Bam! Bullet goes right through the animal, and and a noticeable, sizable chunk of flesh can be seen exiting the animal, like the exit wound. You can see a big chunk of flesh go flying off of it and land on the grass. At this point, the wolf still makes no sound. Nothing. It's like, dude, what's your problem? Yeah. And now, now by this point, the 12-year-old daughter and the, and the mother both start crying because they're really scared. Obviously, the rancher's fucking doesn't know what to do at this point, and he, he just says, let's keep calm. I'm going after it. 
So the animal started to kind of slowly trot away, but just slow. Not not like it's in a hurry to get out of there or anything. Just like, oh, I guess they don't want me here. Like, huh. Maybe I'll go. Maybe fuck I'll go. you then. Yeah, I'll maybe, leave. Yeah, maybe I'll go fuck with somebody else. You guys don't, don't want me around. All right, I get it. I could take a hint, finally. So they get about 100 yards away from where where they were, and uh, they, they, they can't find the animal. They don't know where the hell it went. They, they, they don't see the tracks. Yeah, the they tracks. went chasing after it. Yeah, they go chasing after it. The, you know, the father, the, the grandfather, and the son go running after it. Can't find it. Don't know where the hell it went. The tracks, I guess uh, they were following its tracks because they lost sight of it when it hit, hit the tree line. Well, they, they, they fucking lost it. Like, they, they don't know where it went. It went into the trees, into the brush, and they didn't see anything. They didn't hear anything. Nothing. It just vanished. Now, something that fucking big, and, and again, they, it only had a little bit of a head start on them, and they're booking it after this. They're booking it after this thing. Well, you think something that big can probably move. It can probably move fast, but... But it's wounded now. It didn't seem affected by being It didn't wounded. seem affected, but it's been shot so it's by 357. It's already taken 230 ass. hot sixes to... <laughs> One one to the chest that took out a sizable it's chunk a of flesh. It's a flesh wound. I guess. You can walk it off. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? Yeah. So but it's probably able to go pretty fast, faster than those guys. And it's in an area that it knows. They don't know that area. So okay, fair, fair we'll, we'll give it that advantage. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt there on that. But there is no tracks. The tracks disappear. Well, something that big would leave tracks. Absolutely. So the tracks just disappear into nothing. They they can't see it anywhere. There's no sound of it anywhere. There's there's nothing. None of the brush has been disturbed. It's almost like it just got to the tree line and poof, gone, just vanished. So they go back through the tracks, and 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 that was the other part that I, I that I left out. I'm sorry. The the tracks were in mud. There was mud on the ground. So they were following it because it was leaving tracks in the mud. So they follow the tracks back, and they see the pile of flesh. And they look at the flesh, and it stunk like rotted flesh. Like it had been sitting out there in the, in the sun for days. Like it was just rotting, stinky flesh. And that's their first fucking week at the ranch. What the fuck did they shoot? What was it? So I was thinking, if it was some kind of domesticated, if you will, animal... Maybe it was a misunderstanding. Oh, these people are cool. Oh, look, they got food. I, I bet they won't mind. And then he realized like, oh, I guess they don't want to share their food with me. So, okay. And then he's thinking like, why the hell are they shooting at me? I, I was just hungry. I thought these guys were cool. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> I'm trying to get into yeah. the mind of the wolf. <laughs> okay. I don't think it was a wolf. I don't know what it was, but I don't think it was a wolf. I don't, I don't know what it could have been. I'm going to just quickly read you a paragraph from the book describing what, how, how, the, how the rancher felt right after this incident occurred. As they trudged through the deep undergrowth, Tom couldn't shake the feeling that something was horribly wrong. Had they made a mistake in buying this place? Thoughts tumbled through his mind, causing his gut to tighten even more. He knew something had happened today that everyone knew was physically impossible, and it had occurred in daylight and in full view. Quickly, he came to a decision as he stood facing his family. He was not going to second-guess their decision to move from New Mexico. Look, son, he said to his son, 
I can't explain what happened, and I'm not even going to try. Let's just forget that this ever happened and have a meal in town. His son just grinned weakly, relieved at least that his father was taking charge. Yes, because denial works so well. Yeah. Yeah, right? how'd that work out for them? Yeah, how'd that, well, that, that's just, again, their first week there. Yeah. So there's some fucked up shit going on oh, here yeah. at Skinwalker that alone, Ranch. That alone. And that, again. Like, that's one of many encounters yeah. and stories. I mean, what the fuck, right? So you, can you imagine? You're sitting there, you see this big fucking beast coming at you. It seems cool. It seems cool. And then it starts attacking one of your calves. Now, obviously, the, the cattle are going to be slaughtered. This is what the farmer does. He's a rancher. This is what he. This is his business. But again, it's his business. Every animal is money out of his pocket if, it, if he loses it or, or something happens to it. One of the babies gets attacked. He's beating the fuck out of it with an axe handle. Axe handles are pretty dense pieces of wood. Doesn't matter. Doesn't affect it. Doesn't even realize anything's happening. Doesn't flinch, nothing. Then he gets a 357 Magnum, shoots it three, four times. Nothing. No reaction. No blood. Gets a 30-odd six. Pumps two rounds into the fucking thing. Barely makes a whimper. Big chunk of flesh goes flying out. Thing says, all right, fucking, I'm out of here. And then just basically vanishes about 150 yards away. Just gone. They go back, check out the flesh. It's this rotting, stinking pile of flesh. What the fuck did he shoot? That's the big question. Not just that, but with everything going on on the Skinwalker Ranch. Not, it, it's not like this was the only thing they saw that they can't answer. There's so much more. No, that's just the first week. Th- this, this ranch now, it's, it's lo- located in the Uinta Basin in, in uh, Utah. Hot spot of paranormal activity. Back in the late 1800s, the U.S. military moved the Ute Indian tribe. They moved up a, a whole bunch of those tribes all together and moved them into a section of land. And then what they did was they created the uh, Fort Duchesne in Utah. The Indians refused to go past a certain point because they had fear of what lurked there. And they called it the Skinwalker. There is a ridge that borders the the uh, the ranch, the border Skinwalker Ranch, and it's called Werewolf Ridge. Why? I mean, I could only guess. Same same as you, I'm sure you can probably only guess. But these folks now are living in this place that has this kind of history. So it's not just what happened to this family, but there was a family that lived there prior as well. Their story is not, it's not really documented anywhere. Nobody really has, there's no, I haven't been able to find any kind of documentation whatsoever. No, no stories reported or anything like that. I'm sure they've told family and things like that, but it's not anything that's out there or public. And they had abandoned that ranch. So the, the, the Sherman family bought it at a pretty good price because it had been abandoned. There was nobody there. Which makes you wonder, why is it abandoned? Yeah, why is it... Uh, well, I think the Shermans figured out pretty quick yeah. why it was abandoned because of the shit that was going on there. And there had always been UFO sightings in that area surrounding that, that 480 acres. Since the, since the 40s and 50s, it's like a UFO hotspot in that area. I read somewhere that it's estimated that over half of the residents in that area have had some kind of a UFO encounter, mm-hmm. have seen a UFO, yeah. or have witnessed something paranormal or supernatural 
So unusual activity like this isn't a rare occurrence. And it makes you wonder, the Indian tribes that lived on the land before, they called it Werewolf Ridge. Is it the same? Did they see the same thing? Is it literally the same thing? Maybe it doesn't age. It's this godlike entity that lives on the land? Or is it kind of like Bigfoot? It's out there. Maybe there's a whole family of these wolf things and they just, that's their land. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, that, that's, I didn't even really, I didn't make that, that uh, connection until you just said it, but yeah, it could be absolutely. But I mean, that's just, again, that, that's just the, that's one story in this whole thing. They, and I think what's interesting is the fact that not only did it seem unfazed by being shot, it didn't try to attack them. It was still very like, I'm not going to hurt you. I mean, I think it went for the calf because it probably was like food or maybe like sharks. They're like, oh, is this food? Let me take a bite. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But who, who knows? It's interesting that it didn't hurt the people, didn't try to hurt the people, even as they were attacking it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, well, that's that's the first story. Now, again, like I said, we gave gave a little bit of a brief history of of this area. If we're if we're to now delve a little bit more into some of the stuff that the Sherman family experienced, so one day now now in the book, I don't believe these stories are chronological, and they they admittedly did not include every single occurrence that happened to the family because there were so many. Well, even as you're reading the book, there's so many occurrences that there's you're like, lot. oh my gosh. And that's just a small chunk of everything. I, I, it, it makes yeah. you wonder how these people didn't, one, move sooner, or two, go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the stories that I found f- fascinating, well, one th- this is kind of one of the occurrences that would happen regularly to the family, Items would disappear from the house or, you know, farming tools and things like that would disappear from around the farm. The, the wife would uh, routinely lose things like hairbrushes, just, you know, just random, random things, things like that would be gone. And obviously, the, at first, the, the first thing they do, they blame the kids, right? Oh, you know, Susie took my hairbrush or what, whatever, you know, the, that's obviously the first reaction. I mean, we got kids. That's my first reaction when something goes missing. All right, where, where did he put it? You know, where did this one put it? But it's, it's happening at such a regular occurrence. And then they, they, they kind of figured out pretty quick, okay, something else is going on. So one day the rancher comes running in and says, okay, where's my post hole digger? He's, he's yelling at his wife and his kids and they're looking at him like, What? And he says, I was digging holes for the posts, and I turned around to get my, the post hole digger. I just put it down. I turn around, and it's gone. So who took it? Where is it? Ha ha. Give it back. And they're all just looking at him like, well, nobody here took it. And the wife looks at him and says, honey, we've all been in the house. Nobody's left the house. So they all go outside together, and they're all looking for it, and they can't find the fucking thing. It's gone. Two and a half weeks go by. He finds it. Want to know where it was? Where was it? 150 feet up in a fucking tree. This thing weighs maybe 75, 100 pounds. It's heavy. It's a heavy piece of equipment. How the fuck did it end up from behind him in a fucking tree? He doesn't know. He never heard anybody come up behind him. He didn't feel anybody coming up behind him. Nothing. 
didn't hear anything happen, obviously didn't see anything. So that's just an example of just weird shit. Like I said, the wife would have things routinely go missing. They would they would hear doors slamming shut in their home, lights turning on and off. They would watch as inanimate objects, be it a coffee mug or a plate, would just levitate off their table and then gently sit back down. So there was some... Fu- it wasn't just outside. It was scary for them. Oh, it'd be fucking scary for me, too, if I'm seeing this shit. They would, they would witness bright lights and orbs at night outside on the on the farm or on the on the ranch excuse me as i was reading this part of the book i thought okay so the house is haunted but it's so much more than that it's this weird culmination of just everything yeah it's not just the the house it's the entire ranch because the the house you got to figure it's a 480 acre ranch so there's there's you're going to be on parts of the ranch where you can't, or on parts of the, yeah, parts of the ranch, you can't even see the house. You're not going to be able to see it because you're so far away. But even if there was some kind of entity, spirit-wise, that was on the land, let's say, it doesn't explain for all the other weird things that happened. So we're going to go back now to the cattle. Oh, those poor, those poor cows. Yeah. You, have you ever heard of cattle mutilations? Oh, well, I have, but for the listeners. Yeah, well, the cattle mutilations, essentially uh, cattle that are found with parts of their anatomy missing, and they are usually cut in such a way that it was, it was done surgically. Very little blood is left at the scene, and it's, it's kind of a mystery to people that find them how they got that way. Now, years ago... Cattle mutilation, I remember seeing things about it on the news. Some people chalked it up to cults that they were mutilating these cattle. Other people said it was aliens. Aliens, UFOs. I feel like those are the two groups. It was either cults or aliens. One or the other was the reason for cattle mutilation. Yeah, and and the reason why people would chalk it up to that is because they typically would coincide with a UFO sighting. So it it only made sense that one would go with the other. They they kind of go hand in hand, right? So the Gormans now, we have the their calf the first week that gets attacked by the wolf beast thing, mm-hmm. and now slowly they're some of the cattle start going missing, and but they they'll they'll find them mutilated. They they'll, they'll have like their ears cut off or. Parts of their stomach removed. Like random just body parts random, surgically removed. Yeah, and and so it, it's getting concerning for them, obviously. So they bring in a specialist to look at them. Like a, a, like a Like a vet. Yeah, like a vet. Vet can't explain it. Doesn't know. But the vet know. did say, this looks surgical. Right. It's not like somebody just came over with a knife and cut stuff off, cut off the right. ears and dug out organs. It was very precise, like they knew the anatomy of the cattle, and they knew exactly what they were doing as if it were a surgeon. Right. And one of the stories that was the most scary to me, one day they're, they're kind of all out, the whole family, and they notice a mother and her calf kind of wandering a little bit away from the rest of the herd. So they're trying to slowly gather them into wherever they're putting them, a corral or wherever they're putting them. They take their eyes off them for maybe a minute and they turn around and one of them's gone. The calf is gone. Mm -hmm. 
Now, keep in mind, they're on a ranch. It's pretty flat. They're not near trees or anything. So they would be able to see the thing if it ran off. There's no sign of it. They can't see it. And the mother is kind of running around in circles, looking disoriented, almost terrified, scared. So they run over to her, try to herd her in, and they're looking around. They can't see the calf anywhere. So they take off. They kind of fan out, and they try to find the calf. About 150 yards out, they find the calf. Now, maybe 20 minutes have gone by since it's disappeared. Maybe. And again, they're wide open. They're in an open area. They can see all around them. They find the calf. I'm sorry, I left that apart. They just finished tagging the animals. So this animal was tagged. They tag them in the ear. The ear is missing where the tag was. So whoever or whatever got this thing, got the calf, cut off its ear and its tag. Cut out its stomach cut out one of its legs, I think, was missing. And there was no blood. What in the fuck? And I'm like ready to cry because I'm like this poor little animal. Yeah, you're sitting here (laughs) like this poor animal and I'm just sitting here going, what the fuck could have done this? In that quick a time, in plain view. Yeah. What could have possibly done this? It's almost like this weird multi-dimensional window opened for the cattle to walk through or something to pull it through where time might be different on the other end and it pushed it out minutes later and there it was like that okay that's like my best guess it's a guess i mean i don't i don't i I got nothing i got nothing because it's impossible how how would that happen without them seeing it not just how but why why yeah i mean that's a question they were asking and they obviously never came to an answer. But yeah, think about that. It right in, They turn their head for a minute and all of a sudden it's gone, vanished, can't find it. The reason they couldn't see it is because it was dead on the ground. Or, like you said, maybe a fucking portal opened and it got yanked through and then spit out when, it, when they were done with it. Who knows? Fuck. I mean, the, the whole thing's crazy. Using that as an explana- as a crazy explanation, it, it, it fits with this fucking crazy circumstances of the story. The thing with this place is no matter how much you try to make sense of all these weird things that happen, you can't or you can't without sounding crazy. Right. Because again, these are crazy situations. Trying to rationally explain them, you can't. I mean, there's really nothing makes sense. There's no way you can Velma it from Scooby-Doo and like wrap <laughs> right. it up into this logical explanation. Right. It's just not happening. Now... These are again just some of the some of the different things that have happened there. One other story that was in the book that really got me, really really made me think, and, and really just perplexed me. The rancher stated that several times he would look up into the sky, and it was almost as if a window, the way he described it, like a window into another world, was opened up like he would look into this window essentially it's like he could see this in other the sky place. and he could see right another place and he couldn't explain it he didn't know what it was again his whole th- his thinking the entire time is there's a fo- there's a military base close by they're doing some kind of mind experiments they're testing some kind of technology that's his he still that's I, I to this day i think that he still believes that and it is a possibility, I It's guess. a possibility, of course. I mean, who knows what kind of technology. It's not like the military is going to tell you what secret technology they have. So it's absolutely a possibility. But again, that's what he thinks is going on. 
So eventually enough is enough. There's so many more stories that occurred that are just crazy, but enough is enough. He goes to the papers. Like I stated earlier, he wants to shine a light on these occurrences, hoping that whoever's doing them is going to cut the shit. If I call attention to it, maybe they'll stop. Maybe they'll back off. Because he, at this point, has lost so many of his cattle. He's now, he's taken a bath, basically, on this property. Even though he got it at a deal, he's, he's losing money. There's, the family's not going to survive if, if they keep losing cattle. So he's got to do something, and that's the only thing that he can think of to do. Now, at this point, this is when Bob Bigelow sees the stories, and he comes and he makes an offer, and he buys the ranch. Given how much money Mr. Bigelow has, you'd think he'd be like, for all your troubles, for all the shit you went through, <laughs> let me throw let me throw a little more money your way because that just sucks what happened. Yeah, right. You would he would think, but I, I don't think that happened. But what what uh, what did part of the sale was uh, the the rancher Terry Sherman? He agreed to stay on and kind of still tend to the to the cattle and assist the researchers that moved in there with whatever they needed. So it was kind of part of the deal. I'm sure he made a little extra scratch for that. Oh, how nice of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna hang out here and, and deal with this bullshit a little longer just to kind of make sure you guys are, are good. For $200,000. For, for two hundred grand, yeah. For 400 and how many acres? 480 acres. 400, almost 500 we'll call, acres We'll call it 500, fuck it, yeah. Granted, it's haunted or cursed or there's aliens or a combination of everything but you know right that's cool and actually you mentioned the curse that's actually what the uh, what the Ute tribe believed they believed that the Navajo Indians put a curse on them hundreds of years prior and cursed that land and that's kind of where a lot of their superstitions a lot of their legends a lot of the folklore a lot of their beliefs that's where they came from they believed that they there was a curse put on the land by the Navajo Indians I don't know. Do you believe in that kind of stuff? I, I don't know. I, I think curses are real because it's about the energy that you're putting in, but in, in whether or not somebody believes in it. But it makes you wonder. Maybe shady stuff was already going on and they made that up because they had they didn't like the Navajo could, Indians and they're like, oh, we'll just make well up be. the story and it'll explain why all this weird stuff's going on. We'll stay away from here. Yeah, it could very well be. But I know that to this day, they do not go on that land. They are forbidden or too scared to go on that land. If you are a Ute Indian, you don't go there. You know better. They're just raised and know you don't go there. You don't go near that land. It's understandable why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of smart. Yeah, I'd say so. Now let's talk about the orbs. Yeah, the orbs. So one of the things that the family reported seeing all the time was blue orbs like these light blue orbs that would fly around and terrorize both them and their animals. There was one story in the book that is kind of was pretty scary reading it. It's kind of very unsettling. So the rancher and his wife one night are outside. They're just kind of hanging around. They're they're watching their animals and out of the tree line comes this blue orb. And it's flying around near one of the horse's heads. Now, they'd seen these up to this point, And any time that they were spotted near the animals, it would always spook the animals. But for some reason, this night, it wasn't spooking the animal. It wasn't spooking the horse. The horse was just kind of almost like annoyedly kind of like trying to move his head away. Almost like he's trying to get rid of some flies. Then the orb 
it's almost like it spotted the rancher and his wife. And it comes flying at them like super fast speed and stops about 20 feet short of them, just hovering about 15 feet above their head. And they're both looking at it. And the rancher describes himself getting slowly scared and just feels like this unnatural state of terror kind of overtaking him. So he's sitting there with his wife who is now, she's hyperventilating because she's so scared and terrified. And it's just this fucking blue ball. Yeah, you're, you're listening to this. And if you've read the book, you're reading it thinking, it's a fucking blue ball of light. What's so scary about it? Right. And so he's looking at it and he can see inside of it. And the way he describes it is almost like the outside of it is like a glass-like substance. And he can see inside and the blue light is almost like a blue liquid that's slowly starting to swirl and looks like it's almost like it's coming to a slow boil. And he, as he's noticing this, is getting more and more terrified. It makes you wonder, is it some kind of hypnosis? Is there something in it, maybe with the light? It's emitting something, allowing them to program some type of hypnosis, making them feel that way, even though they shouldn't. P- possibly. That's what popped in my head. Hey, that it's as plausible a theory as any. Again, the, the rancher, he's, he's a guy who... He's pretty even keel for the most part. He doesn't get scared real easily, even in, in circumstances like this. And he knows, he describes in the book, as this is happening, he knows this is unnatural for him. Like, he, this is not how he normally would act in a situation. Remember, this is a guy where a giant fucking wolf thing came up and it attacked his calf. It, he, it took a beating from him with an axe handle. He shot the fuck out of it and it did nothing. And this guy still kept his cool. He kept his cool and he went after the fucking thing. Yeah. So now he's just sitting there freaking out, getting becoming like just irrationally terrified at a fucking blue light that's ha- that's hovering up above his head. Yeah, something's not right there. Yeah, something ain't right. And he knows that something's not right. Now, the wife at this point gets her flashlight and flashes it up towards the orb and it fucking like takes off. It it like it sees the flashlight coming and it takes off. Like flies back towards the tree line. And the other thing about the orb was that the lights would dim at the house when it would come by. So Well, well this is part of that story. Yeah. So he, it, it takes off into the tree line, and it's, you can see it in the distance just going in between the trees, flying away. And he's thinking to himself, this thing's obviously under intelligent control. It's not just some random... It, there's something controlling it, or it's intelligent in its own way, whatever the fuck it is. It knows to avoid the trees. It knows to avoid the flashlight. And it's taken off at a fast rate of speed to avoid the light. Once it's gone, the wife looks at him and says, we have to leave this place. We have to leave this place. And so they they head back inside. He starts to slowly kind of come back to normal. But he was saying that as the terror wore off, he felt physically exhausted. He started sweating profusely. He's sweating like crazy. And he's just, his arms and his legs feel so fatigued and so drained. And he knows, like, whatever the fuck that was, that wasn't right. Like, that wasn't normal, whatever that was. It's just completely doesn't make any sense. It's not rational. So they go back to the house, and they're sitting on their couch, and they're just trying to relax, trying to get their bearings back about them. And wouldn't you know it, the fucking blue light comes back, and it's hanging out right outside their window. And the lights in the house start to dim. 
and it starts kind of circling around the house. And as it gets near the lights, whatever light it gets near, the lights are dimming. Almost like the lights were on a dimmer. But there's no fucking dimmers in their house. They don't have their lights on a dimmer. Almost like it doesn't want to be seen, so it's making the lights go down. Or it's draining its energy or both. Yeah, right. Like, who, who knows? Your guess is as good as mine here. And so they, they see it kind of take off. They get up to go look at it outside, and it takes off again. And now it's about 200 yards away from the house. But it's still hovering out in the distance. And again, they they just they don't know what's going on. They have no idea. What, do you have any thoughts on what do you think this could possibly be? I already said it's something, some type of controlling thing, equipment maybe. Is it a fucking drone? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? A drone type object. Like, is it being controlled? Is it is it uh, some kind of advanced military technology that's... See, this is something I'd be like, okay, I could see this being like advanced military technology or something something's yeah. created yes. to very like, I'm not saying to, like to compare it in terms of like... The it's like psychological warfare. Well, yeah, like the Philadelphia Project, something like this kind of underground experiment the government's doing. They don't want people to know about, but they're going to do this experiment anyway on people. Right, yeah, I mean... Again, they're they're right near Fort Duchesne, which is like it's pretty hush hush what goes on there, and this is what the ranchers he's he's suspected this all along that it's just the government doing some kind of weird experiments, and, and so something like this would make sense to them yeah. because what other rational ex- explanation could there be for this? Yeah, and not to mention whatever was going on with all these different occurrences, all the, and and we haven't even gotten into half of them. Whatever was going on, the rancher and his family always said that they felt like whatever was messing with them, whatever the presence was or entity or entities or beings or whatever it was, always seemed to know how they were going to react. And it seemed like it, it anticipated their response and was ready for it. For example, the flashlight. Wife goes to pick up the flashlight to shine it on the orb. It knew it was coming. It took off. As soon as she went to to turn it on, right before she gets that beam on, it's gone. I wonder if they just decided to no like no sell everything. Like whatever. I'm ignoring you. Fuck you. But but again, that doesn't. Like, I want. I wonder if it would. What it would do. I don't know. I don't know. But who? who but th- this is the other part of the story, though. That it whatever was fucking with them, they said they always felt that it seemed to know how they were going to react and could prepare itself for for whatever they were going to do in response to it fucking with them. Again, if somebody is in control watching it, if there's some type of camera and they can, oh, she's getting the flashlight, okay, book it, and they can control it, that would make sense. I guess, yeah, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That, I mean, that's just in this instance, but in other instances too, this is the feeling that the family always got was that, Whatever was there, whatever was doing these things, it could anticipate their response. So, I think I think it says we're we're coming up on closing time for this week's episode. But I want to close on one last story. This is a kind of a cool one. Well, I call it the Predator. Yeah. Story. So, so now it's getting now. Word has kind of gotten out about some of the strange shit that's going on here. Now there's a family living there. Word has kind of creeped out into the community. There's some crazy shit happening. And the media picks up on it, like, you know, as we stated earlier. So now there's people that are trying to come to the ranch. They, they want to come and see what the hell's going on over there. 
So one day, a stranger shows up on the property. Sherman meets him at the, you know, wherever, at his, at his vehicle, and he's got his son with him. The, the stranger introduces himself and just says, look, I heard about this place. I, I, wanted, I, I had to come here and check it out. And, of course, he's like, oh, great. You know, fuck. This is, this is the last thing I need is fucking this place turned into a tourist attraction, right? So he's, you know, reluctantly tells the guy, okay, yeah, you can come here if you want, I guess. But, you know, you can't stay long or whatever he says to him. The, the way he describes it in the book, he could see his son's, his son's face being almost like amused that this guy wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the kicker was the guy wanted to come there to check out the place, but he wanted to meditate on the property. I want to know what this guy was thinking. Like, what is going <laughs> yeah. in your head? Do you think that you're going to have some type of enlightenment or do you think you're going to help them? I don't know. I'm very curious. Like, what was his motive? <laughs> well, well, that we never find that out, but... The guy says, "I want to meditate here," and and the 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 rancher looks at his son, and and his son kind of almost makes like a, oh yeah, kind of face, like oh really? Oh yeah. So think so so, do, so yeah. the so the rancher's like, all right, just to kind of amuse his son and see, like oh well, let's see what happens. Let's let's fucking let's give this guy what he wants. So they get the guy. He gets into their into their truck. They drive kind of out into the property, and they're they're you know getting kind of getting close to the tree line and the stranger asked if they could stop. He'd like to meditate here. It's just kind of an open field. So they're like, okay, sure. So they get out of the truck. They start walking into the field a little bit and the, it, the, the rancher's son stays behind at the truck. They walk out about 150 feet. The guy stops and he starts to kind of, when he closes his eyes, he, he's about, he, he walks out about another 25, 30 feet. The rancher, Tom, uh, the Sherman, Terry Sherman, excuse me, is is standing there. He's watching him, and the guy's got his eyes closed, and he's looking up at the sky. He's got his arms outstretched, you know. Dude, he's meditating. The classic meditation pose. The sun's kind of looking over like, what the fuck? <laughs> Look at the sky. He's ready to embrace enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. And all of a sudden, they hear a cowbell in the distance, off in the distance, and Terry Sherman's like, what the fuck is that? Like, none of my animals wear cowbells. What is that? And it's getting closer. He hears the ringing of a cowbell. So he said, like, what the fuck is that? So he looks over at the tree line, because it's coming from the trees, and he sees something moving in the trees. It's fucking big. Whatever it is, it's big. He can just see the movement. It's huge. And this must be where the sound is coming from, because like I said, none of his animals wore cowbells. He looks over at his son, who kind of shrugs his shoulders like, I don't know. The fucking guy meditating, he hasn't heard it because his reaction hasn't changed. His eyes are still closed. He's still looking to the heavens or, or whatever the fuck. And now he sees whatever this is comes darting out of the tree line, making a beeline for this guy meditating. He can't see what it is, but he sees it's something big. It's almost like distorted pixelation. And it's daylight out. It's daylight. So he can't see what this is, but he just sees a massive mass of something moving towards the sky. It gets within a few feet of him and fucking stops and lets out like a like a roar, which was described as sounding like the cross between a, like a lion and a, and a boar or something. Yeah, like this like loud, a wild animal, animalistic roar that basically shook into the core of that like into inside their core yeah and and the the roar makes this guy jump back like 10 feet 
this 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 meditating guy just jumps back like ten. He heard feet. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He fucking heard that. And he and he gets up and the fucking whatever this is, Gorm, the the rancher still can't see it. He still doesn't know what the fuck it is. But it's like it's described almost like pixelating. Yeah, like, like it, pixelating like a light, like a blur. Yeah. And then it races back super fast. He's estimating it's going like fifty to sixty miles an hour. Races back to the tree line, and it's, it vanishes. He goes to check on the fucking guy to see if he's okay. The guy gets up. He's fucking hysterical, screaming, get me out of here, get me out of here. Holding and he, on. And he's holding, on to, the, he's holding on to the rancher and he won't let go. He's holding on to him so tight he won't let go. And the rancher finally says to him, if you don't let me go, I'm going to hit you. And the guy finally lets go. He's like, fine, I'll let you go, but you have to get me out of here. You have to get me back to my truck. So they get back into the, into the rancher's truck. The son drives them back to the stranger's vehicle. The guy gets fucking rushes out, jumps into his into his vehicle and, and drives off. Now they have no fucking clue what they saw because they couldn't see any they, they didn't they can't describe it because they couldn't see what it was. A couple weeks go by and they're sitting in the living room, the son and the and the rancher and the rest of the family, and they're watching the movie Predator. Our one of our favorite movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Indeed. Jesse Body Ventura. And it comes to the scene where they first see the predator in the jungle. They first keep lock eyes on it. And they both, both the son and the rancher go, that's what we saw. So they saw, whatever they saw, the best way they could describe it is it looked like the predator when it was camouflaged. Well, as I read this part of the book, that's kind of what I was picturing in my head. This must be some type of cloaking, camouflage type of thing, equipment, technology, covering, yeah, like technology yeah. over a vehicle or something maybe it's a genetically modified animal it's something but that's my way of trying to figure out what this could be and yeah like predator style type cloaking right yeah and and that's that was the best way they could describe it that's that's what they saw kind of fucking crazy and as you're retelling the story a thought popped in my head about meditation guy because right. I'm thinking, yeah, that guy's never going to step foot over there again. And then I thought, let's say it was a government experiment. Mm-hmm. Maybe he works for the government, he's part of it, and he showed up just to see what kind of reaction they get from the farmer. Could be. It's as plausible theory as any other one I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could very, yeah, who knows? Sure, why not? If, like the whole time we're thinking, oh, this, if they're you just, know, this guy just if they're wanted just to meditate. Fu- yeah, if they're just fucking with the guy. Maybe it's all part of the experimentation. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to say that no, that that's not what happened. Probably but not. Can't, can't, but can't rule it out. It doesn't hurt it, to throw these theories out. Absolutely. got to approach it from all sides. Absolutely. And is that a possibility? Sure. I don't think it's probable, though. And we're going to get into why next week because... If we keep going, we're going to talk another two hours at least minimum about this. But next week, we're going to dive into what happens when the rancher finally says, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here with my family. And they sell to Bob Bigelow and Nids moves onto the property. That's actually the second half of the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. And we'll see how, how many stories we get into with that. And we'll also see... In the future, if not next week, we're definitely going to talk about the things that are currently happening at Skinwalker Ranch that we're aware of and what has happened after NIDS because there's more. This this there's keeps going. There's so much more. This keeps going, and, and, it's, and it's still going. Very fascinating, fascinating, 
fascinating story. I know. I, I want us to go. Like I, I, I know, I know that nobody's allowed on the land now, but that's something that we've talked about. Like I just want to go, even if we hang <laughs> just, out in the area. I just want to go hang out on the border of it or something. Yeah. You know, just kind of hang out and see what happens. Because, and I guess that that a lot of people do. They do do that. They will go and they'll hang out near it to see if they'll see any UFOs or experience mm-hmm. anything like that. Because it's not just those 480 acres. It's it's a lot of the area surrounding it as well that paranormal activity, UFOs, strange occurrences have been reported. So it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy. But we're going to get into more of that next week. But for now, we're going to sign off. If you enjoyed what you heard, folks, if you got anything out of this, be it entertainment, be it terror, be it excitement, curiosity, if you get anything out of this at all, if you just like listening to my, my wife's lovely voice, please tell a friend so we can help uh, get more ears on the show and help us grow so we can keep continually putting out this content for everybody. We enjoy doing it. We hope you do too. And if you do, just let somebody else know so they can enjoy it as well. And then you can both go on to iTunes and give us five stars. Yeah, absolutely. You got to rate us because that's how the shows grow. Always looking for those five-star ratings. So if you can do that, great. And if you, Please, and if you, thank you. If you want to write us a nice review, too, we're not going to turn that down. So we appreciate it. We appreciate our listeners. We appreciate the audience. And uh, check us out on social media. We are uh, on Twitter. We are at HomeWreckerPod. We're on Instagram. HomeWreckerPodcast. And you can check out our website www.homewreckerpodcast.com Hit us up on any one of those social media channels. We love interacting with you people. We love our audience. Me too. We love doing this. We do it for you guys. I love when people comment on things. I like having conversations with people and getting their points of view and their thoughts and their experiences. It's really fun and exciting and I just, I find it really cool. Absolutely. It's, It's a lot of fun. We have fun doing this. We hope you guys have fun listening. But next week, like I said, we're going to be back talking more about the Skinwalker Ranch. But until then, I have been the Golden Greek Alexarion, and I've been joined by my gorgeous, amazing, beautiful trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast on the Wiretap Radio Network. The global public is not ready to have global confirmation events. A lot of disturbing things will occur. It's just too powerful. Skinwalker Ranch. This is like the Area 51 of the paranormal. It was not a single phenomenon. There were a host of things that happened. Have there been experiences there that have shaken the Pentagon and CIA and other agencies? Absolutely. Nobody knows what we're dealing with. That's the bottom line. Nobody knows. This is 30 or 40 hours of material that the public has never seen before. They saw this humanoid creature crawling through this tunnel, hovering four feet above the ground. Something forced four 2,000-pound bulls to cram themselves into this trailer without opening this door. It's completely impossible. I've seen things that I can't explain. This was one of the most surprising things that we recorded right after I purchased the ranch. Is it real? Well, yes, and I believe it is. Something is here. These are real, tangible, physical events. This is game-changing. 
It's one thing to be reading about UFOs or other realities or interdimensionals. It's another thing to be staring at it right in the face. Oh, God. 